This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out, and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Do you wear your name tag on the wrong side? Do you criticize people's taste? Do you shame pets for their weight? Were you raised by wolves? Let's find out. Here are things I can make it. When we have to live together We can all use a little help Some people don't ask themselves Were you raised by wolves? Hey everybody, it's Nick Layton. And I'm Leah Bonima. And let's just get right down to it with our moose boosh. Let's get in it. So for today's moose boosh, I want to talk about name tags. So Leah, what side do you wear your name tag on? And I'm talking about like the hello, my name is sticky tag. Like we're at an embassy suites ballroom at a medical device conference and we all have name tags. That kind of name tag. Oh my goodness. You know. 50-50 shot. 50-50 shot. Or maybe, I mean, there's a lot of places you can wear a name tag. <laughs> yeah, so maybe it's more than 50-50. It is more than 50-50 because you could technically <laughs> put it in the middle um, or on your bag because you're like, this is a really nice shirt. But or your the- forehead <laughs> yeah. or wear the fascinator, have your low <laughs> hip pocket or under your right buttock. Yeah, a lot of options. I feel like if I take those off the table and I'm going to go with a 50-50 and I got to say up top, I'm a person who has always had trouble with left and right. It's just been... Just which side is which? I'm sure I have some kind of undiagnosed thing that we don't know about with directionals, but... I mean, you're left-handed, so you should be more aware of, like, left and right yep. than the average person. Yep. And yet here we are. Okay. Yet here we are, Nick. So left side, right side, where are we putting the name tag? So the the left side, you'd be like, it's over my heart. Mm. You know, that's, like, that's, I guess, lovely. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of when I see people. Although I'm sure I've been out, been out there with oceans of people doing it incorrectly, such as myself, so I don't know what, if I want to use... Right. I just feel like everything in the world goes on the right side as a left person. Okay. You know, this feels like a really easy question. And yet I, I'm going to stick with left side, but it's probably right. So the right side is correct. <laughs> right. right. And it should go pretty high up towards the collar. That would be the, the right zone. And the explanation for this is you want it on the right side so that as they're looking at your face and are about to transition down to your hand for a handshake, they can easily see the name on the way. Mm. That's the idea. And I was looking at the etiquette grates. Emily Post actually never weighed in on this. And I would assume it's just because she would never be cut dead wearing a name tag. Like, can you imagine? I can't even imagine that she would wear a lanyard. (laughs) Right? Yeah, she'd be like, oh, bless you, dear. A name tag does not go with this ensemble. (laughs) 
But those actually, hello, my name is name tags. I was looking into this. Those were only invented in 1959. Those are relatively recent. Huh. Right? Yeah. Yeah, fascinating. But Miss Manners, she has something to say about name tags, of course. She actually disapproves of them at strictly social functions (laughs) because she says it, quote, makes things too easy and thus takes away the fun. So I think... Ms. Manners has a very interesting idea of fun. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. <laughs> and by fun, I mean... Makes things too easy. Torturing people uh, when they don't remember people's names. Yeah. So she delights in that. Wow. I, as a person who is, I struggle with names. I do struggle with names, but I, I never put my name tag on because I'm like, oh, it's going to get sticky on my shirt. Okay. So you're one of those rebels who doesn't <laughs> want to follow instructions in an event. Okay. Now, there is one etiquette expert, a a contemporary, who does say that the name tag should be on your left. Oh, thank goodness. No, because the explanation given is that by wearing it on the left, it won't obscure your name tag as you're going in for the handshake. Now, this explanation, reach out your hand and now move your arm to cover an imaginary name tag on the right side. Oh, yeah. Where does your arm have to be to cover the name deck? You have to be shaking at a 180 degree angle. Who is shaking hands like this? And if that's how you shake hands, then okay. Wear the name tag on the left side. But if you don't do it that way, and I really hope you don't, then yeah, ignore that advice because I think that's just wrong. (laughs) And wear your name tag on the right side, please. Or if you want to wear it on the left just to keep it over your heart. So it is true that flags and flowers actually do go on the left side because of that sort of heart relationship. But like the hello, my name is sticky (laughs) thing, put that on the right. Although Star Trek com badges, those go on the left. So- That's where those go. And that's the most important one. I mean, live long and prosper, Leah. Live long and prosper. What you can't see is Leah's doing the Vulcan thing with her hands. My hashtag LLAP. (laughs) And we're back. And now it's time to go deep. Deep. And this is really in my family. Okay. So for today's deep dive, I want to talk about yard sales and estate sales which I'm not sure if everybody at home knows. I come from a long line of yard sailors. Okay. I don't think we know that. I feel like I sort of slip things in kind of everyone. Oh, it's got that at a yard sale. I also come from a yard sale, thrift store, flea market, garage sale family. Although I think as an adult, I have let the pendulum swing and I'm much more of a minimalist now. So I don't actually want to acquire. I'm all about deaccessioning. Deaccessioning. What a <laughs> <Yeah>. word. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm trying to use like uh, Marie Kondo, but also Swedish death cleaning. That's my new thing. Well, I actually don't even know if I enjoy, it's not the necessarily purchasing of items at yard sales that I enjoy Mm. so much now as an adult as the going to yard sales, the sort of- The thrill of the hunt? The thrill of the hunt, the getting up early, the having a coffee, you know what I mean? What's there, who's getting what, you know? It's a treasure hunt. Yeah. Yeah. Are there certain things you always look for or have an eye out for? I think my mom is top of the line yard sailor. My grandfather was like a professional yard sailor. Like Mm. he would turn stuff over. What do you mean turn stuff over? Like find things that were worth a lot more than they were being sold for. Oh, he's like an American picker. Yeah. Okay. And I often like, maybe I'm looking for a pair of pants or- You're buying clothing? Oh yeah. I buy tons of clothing. Oh, you're the one. Yard sales, uh, (laughs) flea markets, church sales. I'm not interested in soft goods at a- Oh, I love a soft good. I've gotten some great bags, some fun shirts. I always have my eye out for champagne buckets. 
because they're very useful. And I like vintage cookbooks. I'm always looking for etiquette books. And I always look for mahjong sets in case they're around and they do pop up. And then pro tip for our audience, I always look for stationery. Usually there's going to be just unused cards. And if they're not personalized, they're usually great and fun and different and vintage. And so I have a lot of sort of vintage stationery mm. in my stationery wardrobe. So something to look out for next time you're roundabout. I will say I always look for Christmas items that I don't have yet. I have noticed that there's never anything mid-century at any of these yard sales. Like where are all the Florence Noel credenzas? Where are the Noguchi coffee tables? I can only conclude that if you own an Eames lounge chair, you will never die. So I guess for immortality, you should just buy George Nelson something and you'll live forever. I guess that's what it is. Or they're just giving it to family members. I mean, that's the other Or option. it's already been claimed before it makes it to <laughs> That also may be true. I prefer to think that Charles and Ray Eames leads to immortality, but that's me. Yeah. So I think the most important thing that when we go to a yard sale, and especially an estate sale, is keep your mouth shut. Like, do not criticize what is happening, the quality of the items, the goods. Like, no one needs to hear your commentary. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, you just said it out loud and I felt hurt. Definitely. These are people's <laughs> things. Right. Uh, these are people's things. Things definitely have a lot of emotion with them. In Buddhism, attachment is suffering. It's one of the four noble truths. And people have a lot of emotional relationship. I mean, this is what Marie Kondo is all based on. And so, yeah, I think just there's no need to comment, criticize that that dining table that you think is ugly. Well, there were 50 years of Thanksgiving dinners on that dining table for the people around. Like, we don't need to hear what you think about the walnut. Unless you're throwing out compliments. You know what I mean? Oh, right. so cute. Oh, so fun. Well, sure. Yes. No, if they're compliments. OK, how nice. <laughs> But uh, but if they're not, and usually they're not. Yeah. And yes, very often, uh, you know, these people, their taste is not your own. Okay, that's fine. We don't have to have the same taste. But we don't need your commentary in real time. And I think the other thing is, don't get there before it starts. Oh, yeah. I think that's probably the number one thing. Because that, I mean, when we've had, you know, this is when I'm in Maine, because it's not so much in the city, but you know about a yard sale. People want to stake it out early. Where is it? Is this going to be things that I want? Are there going to be competitive yard sales going to be there? Maybe you do a drive-by. You see what time you think it's going to get set up, where you're going to park. Fine. But you don't expect to go in early. That's the start time. I was looking into this. There are horror stories online about people who had yard sales where people showed up the night before. Oh, yeah. Knocking on the door. Hey, here you're having your art sale tomorrow. Can I take a look at what's uh, on offer? People get yeah. competitive. They're like, oh, maybe they have a record. I want to get their, maybe their vinyl section. I want to get it in first. Apparently like video games, that's a very hot item for yard sailors, right. So yeah, don't be an early bird, I think is the term that is used in the yard sale culture. Yeah, wh whatever time it starts, that's the time it should start. And if you are hosting a yard sale or an estate sale, you should stick to that time. Don't allow people in early. You should maintain the start time that you promised everybody. So everybody's sort of equal playing field. And I think also, I think it's polite as the yard sale goer to like greet people when you come in and say, thank you when you leave. I see some people just like walk in, walk out, but you're like on their property. Yeah, but also that's nice to do kind of anywhere. Like if you walk into a small store. Oh, I would say do it anywhere. You should say hello to the, the clerk and, you know, goodbye. I mean, I say hello in a big store even when nobody's there. I'm like, hey, I'm here. Thanks for having you're me. You're walking into Safeway. You're like, hey, <laughs> hey, hello. I'm here now. But I see people do it and I'm like, just throw out a, even a wave. Maybe you're not, maybe you're a bit of an introvert. You want to be there. Just do a quick wave. You're acknowledging and wave when you leave. 
think it's polite. Yes. Yeah, I think acknowledge the humanity of yeah. the people running the sales. Yes. I didn't have that on my list because I thought that was a given, but okay. No, uh, you would think it's, I've seen a lot of people not do it. Okay. So that's why I'm, obviously I do it. I do a double wave. Oh, we do jazz hands, really. Yeah. Now, what about bargaining? I feel like this might bring you some anxiety. Oh, you nailed it. Obviously, I'm not going to bargain. <laughs> oh, you're not going to bargain? I think this is standard. A lot of people bargain. Yes. Because I think people who are not professional yard sailors or estate sailors, they don't know pricing. You know, they don't know what the, the going rate for things are. Or they might just sort of uh, infuse their own emotion into something thinking it's more valuable than it really is. Or it's just priced wrong. So, yeah, you could always ask. Sure. I think it's very standard to bargain. That's normal. I just don't personally do it because it gives me a rash. So there are two bargainers. There's the bargainer that like actually wants it, but feels like the price is sort of like maybe not what the price should be. And then there's the bargainer that just does it for sport and just wants a lower price for the sake of something lower. And that has no relationship to like anything else. They just want to win. So ideally you're the former, not the latter, but I know there's a lot of people that like bargaining just for the sake of bargaining. I know a lot of people also like the group. They'll be like, how about if I took these three things and together we make it blank? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, would you give me three for 20? Yeah. Sure. And I think a nice way to always phrase it is like, oh, would you take $10 for this? I think that's always a nice way to say it. I think that's the, the perfect way to phrase it. Or like, oh, are you able to do better than $100 on this table? I think you would also say that. And whatever the answer is, then that's what it is. Like, let's not berate them or argue or tell them why that number is wrong. Or like, let's just accept the number and like move on. Yeah. And if it's too much, you can just not buy it. You can also not buy it. That's right. The things I like are usually like five cents. So bargaining on it would be. Yes. Uh, yard sale pants, I don't think are very expensive. I mean, I've gotten some great pants. And there are things I have walked through yard sales where the item is like, no one's going to pay $3,000 for your rusty Soloflex. Like that's bonkers. <laughs> no, that, that has no relationship to what the real world is. And so some sellers just don't know how to price things. I also think a lot of times one of the people in that family didn't want to sell it. Oh, yeah, that happens. And everybody was like, you should get rid of that. And they were like, OK. And then the, so they put that price on it, knowing that nobody will buy it because it's their way of keeping it. Oh, that might explain. There was this one yard sale I was at where there was a yellow goldenrod tweed bark lounger that had like duct tape on one arm, like the, like the set of Frasier. It like it was that chair, but without the provenance. And there was a sign on that. It was like $1,500. And I was like, who, who, who is going to be? So I'm sure what actually happened was, yeah, grandpa was like, oh, you're going to sell my chair. Okay. I'm going to price it. Yeah. And that, that way they know they're going to get to keep it. Yeah. Oh, that's clever. Hmm, I had not considered that. It's the same thing you do with gigs you don't want to take. You're like, what would be the amount of money that would make this horrible thing I'm about to agree to worth it? And you overprice it. So that way you could be like, well, if they pay that, then I'm willing to put myself through that. Oh, that's fair. Okay. All right. I can see that. <laughs> also on my list, don't go anywhere that you're not supposed to. Like this is someone's house. Oh, yeah. You're so. like, oh, it's just looking at your living room. <laughs> I know. It's just in your bedroom, in your bed. Yeah. No, don't do that. People definitely do that. Yes. And don't use the restroom. I think generally speaking, the restroom is always off limits at a yard sale. Although I do think sometimes in like smaller communities, you'll know the person and maybe there's a situation and you can say, excuse me, may I use your restroom? Yeah. I mean, if you know the person, yeah, that, uh, that's a whole different thing. Just ask. Yes. I guess asking is always uh, the polite answer. Correct. Yeah. Oh, and parking. So usually these are residential areas, most mm -hmm. likely. And usually this little neighborhood is not used to 50 cars. And so wherever you park, make sure that you're parking legally and not on someone's lawn and not ruining the grass 
and like not blocking someone's driveway. Like all of these things you should be mindful of. Yeah. And then lastly on my list, cash is king. Bring small bills. Don't expect them to break a hundred. Don't expect them to take a credit card. Yeah, absolutely. I always bring my nickels, my 25 cents. Oh, so many pants. <laughs> and now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So on your recommendation, Leah, I started watching Happy Valley. Yes. And now you see how the title is ironic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And also, so much is going on in this town. So much is going on. We already, we start at a 10. And then we keep going up. But I will say the lead, she is so good. She's unbelievable. Why are they better actors over there? She is incredible. Yeah. And just, yeah, the way the storytelling is done and the way it's shot, like, oh, it it, it got me. It got me. I'm in. I'm I'm so glad. I knew you would love it. I was like, this is great storytelling, great acting. Also, I sweat. I break a full sweat in that show. So you out there, check that out and check out all the stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I am loving getting to pick my Books of the Months. Is that the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my books of the month, but for multiple months now. So books of the months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. <laughs> you know, love happens. And you out there, you're going to love <laughs> Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS to get your first book for just $5. And we're back. And now it's time to take some questions from you all in the wilderness. Ow! Our first question is, quote, is it rude for people to make comments about how fat my pet is? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like someone has a pet and someone is calling it fat. That's what this sounds like. Sounds like some fat shaming is happening. Sounds like some animal fat shaming. Yeah. I was trying to think of like, have I ever used a compliment? You know, sometimes you see these like very roly dogs that are just so cute. Sure. So I was searching my memory banks. Have I ever used a word that was obviously a compliment, but maybe it it meant rounder? Like, oh, your chihuahua is so zoftig. (laughs) What a Botticelli of a dog. I uh, Maybe I have. (laughs) Rubenesque. Yeah. (laughs) Or like there was a word that meant like, you know, very full of life, you know, that was obviously like it it was a ripe, it was a ripe looking, Mm. um, that was obviously a compliment. I I think that that's, I actually think that's okay. But if somebody's like, ooh, have you looked into dieting for your dog or like, is your dog, (laughs) I've seen people do that online to cats. They'll be like, your cat's really unhealthy. It's like, stop it. Like, Oh, does he really need a treat? Yeah, things like that. I think that's rude. <laughs> or being like, have you looked in, aren't you worried about their health? Or like, 
um, that's going to be bad for their back. Like these comments or like, what a fatty, like, no. Right. And it's also not your dog. If like, you're worried about your dog's health because you think there are little chunks. I could see you being like, oh, we got to cut down on your food once a day. But I don't think we're being like, oh, you're not going to fit in those jeans this year unless we cut it down. Like, don't talk to your animal that way. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, there goes the Halloween costume I planned. Yeah. I mean, I think the way to think about this question is that a pet is like someone's child. So I think the same rules should apply. Like we don't criticize the appearance or the weight of other people's children. So that's why we would not also do it to their dog or cat. And I think just in general, I think it's always just tricky when we comment on other people's appearance. And things that we think might be a compliment might not be received as a compliment. So even with the tone, even with sort of our intent, like there are times we might say things that we mean as a compliment that just are not heard that way. So I think we always just want to be a little mindful. But like if you know the, the dog owner, the pet owner, and you're making a compliment about adorableness, then you're probably in the clear. But just know that, you know, that's not always the case. Yeah, and if you're not making a compliment about adorableness and you're going up to somebody and saying, did you know your pet was fat? I think you're clearly in the wrong. (laughs) Yeah, don't do that. So our next question is, quote, I recently purchased a new vehicle and still have my old car. My niece will soon be of driving age, and my in-laws have now mentioned to my husband on three separate occasions that we should give or sell my old car to my sister-in-law for my niece's use. The thing is, this old car is currently not for sale because I'm not ready to part with it. It has been in my life longer than my husband. And I also hate being pressured into doing things, and I know that it wouldn't be at all taken care of in this new home. I don't particularly want to watch my first car be trashed. It was a graduation present for my parents, and it has sentimental value. My husband has made it very clear to them that the car is not currently for sale, is not his to sell, and he will not be encouraging me to do so as they have requested. So here are my questions. Am I wrong for not giving or selling my car to them? I technically don't need it. If they continue to address my husband instead of me, and he continues to reiterate that the car isn't his and isn't for sale, would it be rude for me to bring it up to them myself? And if they do address me, do I have to provide an explanation for why I don't want to sell the car? Is it rude to just say no? I can't say what I wrote because it has expletives in it. Oh, no, you cannot but that's how you feel. That is how I feel. Okay, so you have that kind of strong reaction to this. Yes, I have very, the idea that somebody would bully you into selling your car. Yeah. And then to the point where you feel like you have to give them reasons other than, no, I'm not selling my car. (laughs) Yeah, that's the end of it. Yeah. It's your car. (laughs) So a couple things that I actually wanted just to sort of note. So I get the sense from this letter that our letter writer would like to say something to these people. That was also my read. Yeah. I, I feel like she would like to say something. She she has words that she has inside that she would like to get out. I think I wouldn't say anything. I mean, there could be this question with my, you could speak with your spouse and say, it's really starting to bother me that this keeps coming up. Mm. Do you want to either tell them it's a closed issue or would you like me to speak with them? Because I can understand that after a while, if it keep coming up, I would start to feel really disrespected. Yeah, that's true. They've asked three times now. And I think that they, it, that I would understand why that would really grind my gears. Mm-hmm. Pun intended. Oh. And uh. <laughs> you would want to say, we need to pump the brakes on this. And uh, No, uh-uh, no. <laughs> you get one more pun. That's it. Use it wisely. Mm. But I do think that If you want to end this conversation by saying it's not coming up anymore, I think we can do that. 
I would discuss it with my spouse first and say, it's your family. How would you like to handle this? Mm. This is making me very uncomfortable at this point. Should I talk about it with them? Or do you want to either tell them it's done and if they keep bringing it up to you, don't mention it to me because I don't want to be involved anymore? Or do you want me to say no myself? But what is this car? Is this the only used vehicle in a 100-mile radius? Like, why do we need this car? Well, exactly. They should just move on. The answer is no. I guess they really want a free car. That's really what they want. Well, I think they're also deciding that it's okay for them to say you should only have one car and because you're married into this family, it should go to somebody you're, you know, which is no. Yeah, yeah. I could see how we kind of got there. Sure. Although I do think we should keep the door open, though, because I think the sentimentality that we have right now will fade when you have to do the smog check and renew the insurance on this extra vehicle. Like there could be a time when you're like, oh, actually, we don't need it. I don't want to pay another year of this. Like, let's just get rid of it now. So I think you do want to keep the door open if your sentimentality does sort of wither. Well, I don't know. I feel like she's really irritated with these people. And she's also specifically said that this family doesn't take care of their vehicles. Yeah. So she wouldn't sell it to them anyway. But I mean, what are you going to do when you get rid of it? Call cards for kids? I mean, what's going to happen here? Other people will buy it. People who don't trash their cars. Oh, I mean, can you imagine, oh, we're going to sell the car and we're not going to sell it to you? Well, you just wait until that person buys another car and then you sell it. Yeah, that you'd have to do that way. Yeah. You would just wait it out. I, I understand not wanting, I understand having, I had my grandfather's car for a very long time, mm. not wanting somebody who would, doesn't take care of their stuff to have it because it meant something to me. Yeah, I get, I get that. Sure. Yeah. You don't want to see something that you love get trashed. And you're allowed to feel that way. Would I give them an explanation? I don't think you no. have to. Well, because the explanation is, I don't want to be pressured and you would trash the thing. And also it's sentimental. If you want to say no, it's sentimental. So adding sentimental, I think is fine. That's if you fine. want to, but not, you don't have to. But beyond that, I would not explain. So I think, yeah, I probably would not bring it up unless you really felt like you needed to. If they bring it up with you directly, then yes, that very polite and direct, like, unfortunately, it's not currently for sale. Uh, it's sentimental. I'll let you know when it is. I think that you could just leave it there. And beyond that, I do think that if you don't want to hear about it anymore, you can speak with your spouse and say, this has to be off the table. How do we do that? And props to the spouse here who appears to be doing everything correctly. Yes. He is making it clear that this is not his to do and he's not going to pressure you into doing anything. Like, I think he is really nailing it there. Props to this person. Yeah. And that's why I think it's good to like get it out so it's no longer in between the two of you. Okay. So our next question is, quote, I've gone to three birthday parties in the past few weeks for people aged 1 to 38, and it seems like it's a recent trend for people to have generic printed thank you cards at the party that you're supposed to grab on your way out. I don't know how I feel about this. Are we allowing this behavior? Would it be that hard to stick one in the mail and write a small note? Do you think this is what I want to be doing on a Saturday afternoon? I love that last sentence. Uh (laughs) I mean, I know how I feel about this. Leah? I just love these because I know so strongly how you feel. Mm, Yeah. Um, Yeah, we're not allowing this behavior. No. (laughs) I mean, how lazy can you be? Like, why are you bothering in the first place? Why why are we even bothering with this? Because what this is, is we're at the party and I basically put a sign at the exit that says thank you. That's what this is. And instead of a sign at the exit that says thank you, I put a sign and made them smaller and had you grab it on the way out. But that's the same thing. It's a sign that says thank you. That's not a thank you note. That's not the same thing. And that doesn't count. So, I, I, yeah, we, uh, what, uh, what is happening? I've actually never heard or seen of this, so. It is a recent thing that has developed. 
It's relatively new as far as I understand. It's um, problematic. I hope it's a blip. I hope it's not a trend. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess the problem is we have forgotten why we do it in the first place. Like, what is the point of the thank you note? And the point of the thank you note is that we want to express gratitude for people who've done nice things for us. That is the point. And so you can't do that generically. It has to be specific. It's a specific expression of gratitude to somebody specific for something specifically that was done. And you can even make it a selfish act. Like, I would like more people to do nice things for me and give me presents. I want that. And one way I can encourage that is by writing these thank you notes, which would then encourage them to do it again. So you could just think of this as a totally selfish thing, that if you want more free stuff, then you got to do this thing. So that's fine. I'll take that. No problem. But also the fun part of giving gifts is watching someone get the gift and enjoy it and bringing some delight to their life. Like as a gift giver, that's part of the fun. And so if you have not expressed any delight whatsoever, then you have deprived me of that part of the gift giving experience. And so that is rude. I, when I see these questions, I just think of you. So I feel like this is... yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just you, you, all you have to do is just push the thank you note button, and I have a lot to say. Yeah, that's it. But I do hope people remember why we do this. Why is a society we do this? Because like, do we want to live in a society where we don't express gratitude for people who do nice things? Like, I don't want to live in that society because all that's going to do is make people not do nice things if there's no gratitude for it. Right. I love gratitude. Gratitude is great, and whatever reason why you want the gratitude, selfish or not, we want it. So I think we want more of it and we want to encourage more of it. And one of the ways we do it is by telling people that we like it. We like that gratitude. And the way we do that is through a mechanism we call a thank you note. So until society comes up with a different way to express gratitude in a meaningful way, this is what we got. So everybody get on board with the thank you notes, people. Mm. So do you have questions for us that... Lee and I might be passionate about, let us know. You can let us know through our website, wereraisedbywolves.com, or you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message, 267-CALL-RBW. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Brooklinen. Brooklinen is the internet's favorite sheets. That's right. And they're great. They sent us some sheets and I'm sleeping on their percal, white, of course. And they're crisp. They're cool. They don't sleep too hot, which is definitely the thing I do not want in sheets. So they're the perfect temperature for me. And I feel like coming into a new season, it's the perfect time for a refresh, right? You get new colors. You get new patterns. You recreate your whole sleeping space. Or you can switch the fabrics. So Brooklyn actually has fresh linen. And it's designed in Brooklyn, made in Portugal, and their wash linen is made with 100% European flax. So you can get the lightweight essentials necessary to upgrade your space for the summer from Brooklinen. So visit in-store or online at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And use code WOLVES for $20 off your order of $100 or more. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. We need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now it's time 
to play a game we like to call Vent or Repent. Vent or Repent. Which is our opportunity to vent about some bad etiquette experience we've had recently, or we can repent for some etiquette faux pas we've committed. So Leah, would you like to vent or repent? You know, something a little <laughs> different, Nick. Oh. A little different. Uh, I think I'd like to vent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Twist. All right, what do you got? Twist, I'm venting. Um, This has been... It was irritating the first time, and then it's happened multiple mm-hmm. times, so I thought I would just address the behavior. Okay, umbrella. An umbrella. And, you know, it's quite possible that I've done this at some point in my life, at which point I apologize. I don't think so, though. <laughs> Anytime people find out I've moved to Los Angeles, so this usually happens, mm-hmm. like, on a phone call, or maybe it's a message. Somebody I haven't seen recently. Oh, you moved to Los Angeles. I've had multiple people then respond by telling me why they hate Los Angeles. Oh. Uh. Oh, I tried living there. It's too big. Oh, everything was this. I hated this. What a say, you know, I didn't want to live there. You're like, I I honestly don't understand why you felt like that's something that you should share in this moment. Yeah. Also, didn't ask you. I didn't ask. You asked me, (laughs) why are we just making it negative? And the same, the same thing I'll tell people, I just moved from New York and then people will then tell me what they hate about New York. Oh, people are mean. Oh, it's such a hard city. And I'll be like, well, I liked it. I just don't know why people feel the need to respond. And then negatively. Yeah. Well, I'm here. That's the problem. I wanted to move here. I'm excited about it. I'm sorry it didn't work out for you. Are we talking about your life decisions or did you ask me what I'm doing? Yeah. I mean, you don't want to criticize the place that people call home. I think that's a general rule that that's just very rude. Like I live there. So don't criticize the place that I live. Like, that's not for you. Thank you. Right? Maybe I'll just say that. Please don't criticize because it immediately puts you on the defensive. And I don't want to be rude. So I'm always like, oh, I'm sorry that you had. Oh, well, I hope you found it. Why am I all of a sudden having to do that? Well, also, I I mean, this happens for New York all the time. All the time. People with New York. Oh, you live in New York. I mean, and it's like, well, hey, I'm sorry you couldn't cut it. <laughs> no, but it's also like I am not responsible for defending the city of New York City. Like I can't do that. And yes, New York City it has its highs, it has its lows, its extremes. That's part of the fun, that's part of the challenge. And it's not for everybody, and that's okay. And nowhere is for everybody. There's not one universal place other than probably like Scandinavia that like is good for everybody. And like it's just about taste. Cities are on different wavelengths. And it's just whether or not that wavelength resonates for you or not. Like New York does not resonate for everybody. LA, not for everybody. Small town USA, not for everybody. And places that fit, that are on your wavelength, those are good fits. And if it's not, if it's discordant, then it's not a good fit. Doesn't mean it's a bad place. It just means it's not a good fit for you. So just because it's not good for you, doesn't mean you need to open your mouth and criticize it for other people. (laughs) Exactly. And may I also say that because I moved, it doesn't mean I hate New York. People would be like, oh, New York wore you out. No, I absolutely love New York. I'm moving for work stuff. Stop jumping in with opinions that have nothing to do with my life. Yeah, that's what it is. That's the kernel. Like, stop criticizing my life. Thank you. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. I needed to be, I needed to be validated. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> well, I'm sorry this happened to you. Thank you. Well, I would also like to vent. Thank goodness. So, I was actually just at Greenwood Cemetery in Brooklyn, which if you've never been, 
phenomenal. I mean, gorgeous. It's acres and acres. It's a cemetery with these gorgeous mausoleums and all sorts of famous people are buried there. And the moth, the storytelling group, was having an event. So I went to Greenwood Cemetery and we are out in this sort of like area between like a crypt and a chapel and there's like a little stage and it's outdoors and we're in little folding chairs and it's like totally lovely, warm evening. And in front of me are two women and they're chatting and they're chewing gum. And one of the women takes one of the silver foil wrappers and wraps it around her thumb and then like twists the little top and it kind of creates like a little dunce cap shape. And then she takes this and she puts it in her palm in such a way that when she smacks the bottom of her hand, the wrapper shoots out of the top and it shot so high up, like 10 feet. And it was outdoors, and so there's a little bit of a breeze. And so this fell on some woman, like, four rows forward. And so I see all this happening because, like, it's right in front of me. And I see the woman who got hit, and she doesn't know what happened. All she knows is, like, something just hit her head that was, like, light but, like, noticeable. And then it, like, fell on the ground behind her. And she didn't know what happened. And it's like, oh, okay. So not only have you, like, made a loud, disturbing noise, but you've also hit a stranger with something, and now you've littered in a cemetery. We have done all of these things. And then the friend was like, ooh, that looks fun. I want to try. And then does it and hits someone else. What? And luckily, it was just two because the show was about to start. But I was wondering, like, should I say something? Like, what's my role here? I'm seeing all this happen. And they're close enough for me to be able to lean over and say something. So luckily, I was not presented with this choice. But, like, should I have said something? I don't know. Like, what do you say? Like, hey, can you not can you so. not hit people with your garbage? Right? Like, on behalf of society, we had a meeting. We all agreed. You shouldn't do that. So <laughs> It's like, did you switch bodies <laughs> with toddlers? And uh, Yeah. So, I like, all, like, don't litter in a cemetery. Don't hit people with garbage. Like, all of these things. So, yeah, that's my bet. People are just so, what's going on? Yeah, it, it, absent-minded. That's the most charitable explanation. Very charitable explanation. Yeah, I'm feeling very charitable today. And in a cemetery. And in a cemetery. I mean, I mean, there's no places as good, but cemetery. Definitely not good. Definitely disrespectful. Yeah, 100%. Imagine you just leaned in really and you were like, rude. <laughs> like a ghost? <laughs> yeah. Yes, like a rude. ghost. Rude. <laughs> You're being rude. <laughs> What have we learned? I learned that you have your name tag on the right side. Uh-huh. So th- there's actually a logical reason. So when you handshake, it's like a direct line. Yes. Some etiquette is logical. <laughs> and I learned that even though you know it's on the right side, you may have trouble knowing which side that is. That is very true. Well, thank you, Leah. Thank you, Nick. And thanks to you out there for listening. I'd send you a handwritten thank you note on my custom stationery if I could. So for your homework this week, we want you to follow us on all the social medias, the Facebook, the Twitter, and Instagram. Come join us on Instagram. It's a fun time. We make all these delightful little posts and videos, and you should see them. So please check it out. Please follow us. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. All right, Leah, it's time for Cordials of Kindness, the part of the show that you make us do, but I only give you 30 seconds to do it. Ready, set, go. So previously I discussed my phenomenal dentist in New York, Dr. Tim Collada, who one of our listeners actually wrote in and also knew him and loved him. Right. Such a delight. He's making people's lives better all over. And he (laughs) 
hooked me up with somebody that he knew in Los Angeles, Dr. Israeli, who's a dentist. And they communicated with each other about like my dental issues. And I I get very anxious with things in my mouth. And I went and he'd already talked with Dr. Kalana and he was totally prepared for me. And they had the Animal Planet playing in the background. And they were just so absolutely terrific and wonderful and good to talk to. And I'm so grateful. That's very nice. And for me, we got a lovely review, which is quote, Were You Raised by Wolves is wildly entertaining, educational, and relatable. Nick and Leah are a perfect pair, just simply a delight to listen to each week. The show is expertly organized and edited. No rambling or long-winded tangents here. Although I wouldn't mind a little of that from these two. Can't get enough. My only criticism is that the bonus episodes do not include the amazing and very danceable theme song at the introduction. So sweet! That's very nice. And I do run a very tight ship in the show, but if you want rambling, head on over to Patreon. I just (laughs) gave Leah permission to post on her own, so she's now unsupervised. And so there's lots of content she's posting on Patreon. So check that out if you're interested. And thank you. Thank you. And I think maybe this is a great time to steer people over to our cordials of kindness. Oh, Third pun. Third pun. That was your limit. Had to get it in. But yes, you can also submit your own Cordial of Kindness, cordialsofkindness.com. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wilde. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or or like in in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out, and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wilde. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or or like in in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.